Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. And now to introduce this episode's guest. Hilary O'Dwyer is a numbers ninja and founder of Titian Consulting. After 25 years working and managing the finance teams for large and listed organisations in Australia and the UK, she now helps startups and growing businesses by powering up their financial know-how and developing the finance function of their organisation. So having started her own business and securing some great retainer clients, Hilary soon realised that she would like to grow this client base significantly more and bring on a few more team members. To do this, she knew that she would need to increase her visibility beyond her existing networks. But Hilary found the idea of marketing really overwhelming. She had no idea where to start or even what to focus on. With a small budget and limited resources, she just she didn't want to go down a rabbit hole that would waste her time and money, which is absolutely fair enough. Fortunately for both of us, Hillary attended the marketing masterclass that I presented to the Business Chicks Network last year. And within a week, she had signed up to my How To Do Marketing Academy. So for the past nine months, Hillary has been planning and implementing the marketing for her business and listeners, she is absolutely rocking it. But I'm going to let her tell you all about. So introducing Hillary O'Dwyer. Hi, Hillary, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Hi, Jane. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being part of it. I'm so looking forward to our discussion. And before we kick that off, before I start asking you all the questions, I would love to I would love to get you to talk to tell our listeners, should I say, gosh, you can tell that this is my first interview for the year, <laughs> can't you? I can't even spit my words out. Uh, but tell our listeners a little bit about your business, Titian Consulting. Tell us what is it that you do? Thanks, Jane. So I'm Hilary O'Dwyer. I'm founder of Titian Consulting and I work as a virtual CFO or Chief Financial Officer. So I think that numbers tell a compelling story and I help business owners interpret their numbers. So I'm that, I'm that bridge between your basic data entry and your tax accountant. 
So we look at business plans, we look at forecasting, we look at how to grow the business, and we report back against those plans and see where things go right or wrong. So yeah. that's a little, a little overview of what we do. Oh, it's a brilliant overview of what you do, Hilary. That's amazing. And I think what you do is so important for small businesses because A, not only does it help kind of plan um, from a financial perspective, but I just love anyone in this world that helps us as small business owners better understand our numbers because even from a marketing perspective, without understanding your financial position, not only now, but, you know, what, um, you know, how decisions in the past have affected your financial situation so that you can learn from those, but also yeah. for the future, you know, understanding, well, what happens from a revenue perspective, from a profit perspective, from a break-even perspective when I do this? So, so having that, that person to be able to interpret that in plain language to kind of break it down to the, to the main numbers and um, be that kind of conduit, as you say, be between the, the accountant and, say, the bookkeeper, um, I think that's, that's such a brilliant spot to, to be in. And I know the work um, that you do is amazing. So, so thank you very much for, for introducing yourself. And, and, yeah, as I was going to say, from the marketing perspective, you know, unless you actually understand where it is you want to go financially and how much money you have to spend, you know, because at the end yeah. of the day, yeah. marketing is an investment. You know, yeah. you will have to spend money, at least time, someone's resources, but money at some point. So understanding how you're actually going to, how that investment's going to fit into your business is absolutely integral. So um, so why did you start your business in the first place, Hilary? What, what was the catalyst for you starting Titian Consulting? I never, ever expected to be a business owner or to run my own gig at all. But after my second child's maternity leave, I was just going, I cannot go back to the corporate world. I just didn't feel our family could support the two of us having busy jobs and that kind of thing. I just was looking for a change. So, but I didn't know what that change was going to be. So someone approached me during my maternity leave and asked me would I do the books for his bookshop in Newtown. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Easy peasy, do it with my eyes closed. And it grew from there. And, but what I realized was that I, my skill set of when I was working in the corporate world, I was able to parlay that into small businesses. So I quickly left the bookkeeping behind, but I was obviously grateful for my very first client and started to work with business, with business owners to do that whole strategy piece, strategy piece of the puzzle and making sense of the zero file and just demystifying finance for people. So all the, the big skills that I learned for big corporations is exactly the same for small businesses. And that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what drove me. It was just, I needed flexibility in my, in my home life, basically. And I haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you, so, and, and look, I'm, I'm the same and there's so many small business owners and entrepreneurs who I think would say exactly the same. Once you actually start and go down that path, it's hard to actually see yourself ever working for someone again and I think even with all of the challenges and all of the uncertainty that sometimes having your own business can can bring you know it's still so rewarding having that um you know having your own business and working towards your your own success so so do you think you would ever go back to that corporate world do you think small business is now for you yeah I think so someone asked me recently would I you know 
because you know some of my clients are lo looking for full-time me so it could be kind of an option oh. let's go at the thoughts of having to go back and ask someone to sign off on my annual leave just kills me so no <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think as parents as well, we were just discussing before we jumped on on this call, you know, having kids homesick and all the rest. When you run your own gig, you know, that's something that you can just go, oh, okay, no problems. You know, say at home, I can look after you and I can still do it, you know, an honest day's work. Yeah, exactly. But, it's easier to roll with the punches because there's just so much more flexibility built in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, completely agree. So, um, so you started the business, yes. you're loving it, yeah. you plugged away for a little while, got some more clients on board, started building up those, those kind of regular gigs. And then at some point you decided that, okay, I've got it to this far. Now I think I need to start looking at, at doing some marketing. Can you talk us through some of the factors that led you to seek out some marketing assistance? Like what, what was that transition? Talk us through that transition of just kind of running the business to then going, actually, no, I've got to go next level now. So it was a lot of, a lot of my business comes through word of mouth. And mm. I had gotten to the point where it was, it was kind of new clients were kind of drying up. And I always had in my mind that I needed to be doing marketing and I had to be trying to drive the business forward and not rely on simply getting recommended or referred to someone. I wanted to be kind of, you know, master of my own destiny a bit. But so, so that's what, that's what the thing was. I was going, right, I've got to just not be passive. I've got to be just much more out there and doing something. So that, 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 was, that was kind of the key. There was a lull, a natural lull, which happens in businesses, and I get that. But it was that natural lull where things weren't coming down the line to me. And I was going, right, I've got to take control of this because I don't just be simply sitting around waiting for something to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's such a great way of putting it is because a lot of the time when I, when I first start working with small business owners and it, and it's true, you know, word of mouth and referral will always be a big component of our business. Yeah. If yeah. we're good at what we do, of course, we're going to get that word of mouth and referral. And, and, you know, that's, that's something that we will always welcome. Having said that, that, you know, that is a very passive way of just kind of waiting for things to yeah. happen. Um, and you know, if those word of mouth or referrals kind of dry up a bit, um, then what are you doing to actually make sure that you've got that steady stream of, of leads? And I loved your description of, 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 okay, yep. I could sit there and be passive and just kind of wait for those word of mouth and referrals to keep going, or I can be more proactive. And I loved your words, master of my own destiny, you know, and yeah. so actually go out and start seeking new networks of customers and potential clients that I can actually um, start getting in front of to drive more leads and, and more, more clients. Because, um, you know, ultimately, if you do want to scale the business, you're going to have to do that at some, at some point. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you have any hesitations about investing in marketing to achieve this business growth? It was, it was, ner it was just nerves. It was fear of the unknown, to be honest, because marketing is, for me, terrifies me right? Mm. Whereas some people might go, I just don't want to know about numbers that terrifies them. But for me, it's just, it's just not my, my natural thing. So yeah. it, that, that was, that was my hesitation. And I just simply didn't know where to start. I just found it. There's a lot of whelm. I just was very overwhelmed by it all, you know, mm. and I was dabbling a bit in LinkedIn and this, that, and the other, but like nothing significant, but I just didn't know where to start. Yes. Really haphazard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't know where to start. You felt that there was some overwhelm. 
And when you say, and, and, and I get it when you say, oh, it just wasn't my thing, like it's just not something yeah. that comes naturally to me. What were some of those fears? Like in terms of, of that kind of uncertainty and I guess getting out of your comfort zone, what was it that kind of really worried you there? What, what was that fear, do you think? I think, I think I wondered, was it going to be a mountain I couldn't climb? I think I thought if I started to look into it too much, would it just be be bigger than then her? And I would just then go because I'm a I'm a, a micro business myself. It's 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 just made the moment, and I don't have a team behind me doing content or anything else like that. And I just go, oh my god, if I start this, will it just will it even make a dent in it? I just it's just too much for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to start something that you can't finish, and you don't want to invest in something that then you waste. Yeah. Because you can't get it done, or, or you do, or do it badly, and then it's not giving you the returns that you expect, or whatever else. But yeah. it's just it's just sort of this whole: where do I even start? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's such a common, um, I guess, place of starting for a lot of small businesses. You know, that is generally where where they will come to 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 me, or even to to other marketers, and go. You know, I want to do it, and and you know, I I get some of it. Like, there's some stuff that I kind of understand the principles of, but I just don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know where to start, as you said, or how often do I do it, or I don't even know what kind of what to say, or you know, how do I know that the stuff I'm saying is going to the right people, and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah. so I think that's that's a really familiar story there. So um, Hillary is one of my How to Do Marketing Academy members and she, she's been on the program, oh, gosh, well, since June last year, since July yeah. last year, yeah, so, you know, eight months or something now. Can you remember back to before you started, what did you think? I mean, you mentioned LinkedIn. You said you were kind of doing a little bit with, with LinkedIn what did you think your marketing might involve? I mean, you, you also mentioned that you thought it might involve a lot, you know, a lot of, of content. What, what did you think at, at a rough guess that your marketing might involve? So I think I knew there'd be a bit of LinkedIn action happening. And then after that, I really, I really didn't know. Because I just, I just did, don't know what I don't know kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, all the terms and all the phrases. I went, oh, Jesus, I don't know. Like... And I had to, you know, then when we looked into it, it turns out that my link, my website wasn't even linked to Google, so it couldn't be found. And there was all sorts of nonsense going on. But um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know. But it was the great thing about it was is that we got, I got the building blocks from you, and we we chunked everything down into into small pieces, which was really good because it took away that whelm. You know, it's yes. like okay, I can manage that. I can, I can do an article on LinkedIn. Or, yeah. or whatever it was. It was just, yeah. it was demystified for me, I think, as I do for my own clients. I think that's what you did. You're just saying, okay, well, here's what we're going to look at. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. And, and that's it. Like as a small business owner, when you're actually doing the work, particularly in the professional services industry, when you're actually doing the work for your clients so that that's a good portion of your week, let alone the, all the hats that you have to wear for your own business, the operations and the finance and, you know, the professional development, and then to add another one, which is marketing, you don't have, you know, two days in your week to just slot the marketing stuff in. You know, it, it has to be a realistic approach for, for anything, for anything that you add to your Ballywick as a, as a, as a small business owner. So you mentioned before that, that some of your perceptions around marketing was that 
there was this kind of unknown that it was um, potentially a, a big box of overwhelm just waiting to, to, <laughs> to um, grab hold of you. What were some of your other perceptions about marketing before you actually started to do it? I never really knew how effective it was, to be quite honest. So I used to, through all my various corporate roles, you know, I'd be sitting in meetings with the marketing teams, you know, and they'd be talking about their campaigns or what they'd be doing. And I think it was more just maybe lack, my lack of understanding, but I never really, I found it very hard to get those tangible results of what they were doing. Do you yes. know what I mean? So when yes. I'm then going in to look at my own marketing, I'm going, well, okay, I can do this, but what are the results? But that's now changed for me because I now can, I can now see the results, whether it's through, you know, Google Analytics telling me something or Facebook Analytics, but I can now see what it is, what the, the impact of what I'm doing. So that makes it much more, meaningful for me do you know what I mean yeah 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 and that's and that's huge because I think I think that's exactly it marketing is like this dark art to a lot of people you know and it seems to be the one thing that's in some businesses optional you know like if we if if you know if there's an economic downturn or if we're if there's a downturn yeah. in revenue or whatever, oh, we'll just drop marketing because you know who knows what they're doing anyway. Like it's yeah. the colouring in department or it's yes. you know it's all the bullshit and the fluff and they you know carry you know they just carry on with a lot of bullshit and I'm not sure what how that actually affects the bottom line. Yeah. Um. And that's so that's a really common per- perception as well. But I think your point around when you can actually see a lot of those tangible results, um, it changes everything because you're like, okay, th- this is, this is whilst there's, this is something to kind of get your head around, but if I can actually see the results of the actions that I'm taking, then this makes sense. And you don't have to understand every nuance. You don't have to have the degree in marketing and understand the, theore- you know, the theoretical side um, in any depth to understand, yeah. well, it's a cause and effect thing. If I do this, you know, if I yeah. do this, I get this this result. And that's something that digital marketing has made very apparent. Yes. And it's, and it's wonderful. And you mentioned Google Analytics, but, you know, there's also all your social media insights. And, yeah. you know, when you send email, you can use email software that gives you breakdowns as to how many people have opened this and how many people have clicked through how many people have unsubscribed, all of that sort of stuff. So that's this brilliant paper trail um, of, of, you know, how people are actually reacting to your content that you can then marry with, you know, against your kind of overall um, bottom line reporting or your yeah. overall financial reporting. Yeah. And you can, you know, build in measurements to the nth degree. I think where the marketing, the dark art came from is generally, you know, with, with things that, that build in the longer term. So things like brand and building a brand and um, that's really, really hard to measure, but it's something that's really, really important to do um, from a value point of view. You know, if you're building a, a, a business that you actually want to sell at some point, if you're building a business where you want to acquire customers at a cheaper rate, if your brand is well known, if you've got credibility in your brand, um, if people are familiar with your brand and your values and everything you stand for, it actually makes it a lot easier for you to yeah. be able to kind of get customers. Um 
there's so many benefits to, to, to brand, but that's the kind of thing that's so hard to measure. And for large organisations, for corporate organisations where they can afford to engage, you know, big research houses and um, those sorts of things, of course there's ways and means of, of measuring that brand. But for, for small business, typically there's not that kind of really obvious um, uh, I guess paper trail of 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 how how those branding um, activities kind of affect your long term term growth, and also things like when you know when when organisations used to um, advertise with outdoor or advertise yes. on TV or advertise yeah. on radio, you know, unless they actually put a specific promotional code, which again was pretty clunky and unreliable. Um, saying, you know, if you saw this, if you heard this ad on the radio, quote this code and you'll get $10 off or whatever. It's clunky and it's gross. You know, it's it's really yeah. not something that we like to, to work with. But so there was kind of these really clunky measurements. But overall, it was just you know, make sure, try and make sure that you've done the research in the first place to know that if we stick a billboard here or if we stick an ad on this radio station that, that our customers are hopefully going to be to listening to that. So, so I think that dark art and the unknown, you know, is, is, is coming from a kind of logical place. But now with digital marketing, there's so much more that you can track. And, and it's amazing because even things like outdoor advertising is now becoming so much more trackable because it's kind of um, moving into that digital realm and with artificial oh, right. intelligence yeah. and yeah. all of that sort of stuff, which is still really in the space where it's kind of just relevant for larger businesses because a lot of that's kind of quite expensive technology yeah. now but that will come back you know that that will come back where and 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 reduce in price so that it's more accessible um to to smaller businesses but i think that's a, a that's a really good point around that measurement and and with small businesses most of the marketing that you are doing is through digital channels so those measurements are are, yeah. are definitely there exactly. so yeah that's a really good point um so the first thing we did with you and you, you touched on this before um and we do this with all our clients, no matter how we're kind of helping them out. But we developed the, the, the strategic marketing plan for your business. So rather than go, okay, let's just jump into to LinkedIn because you're a business to business and we know that that's typically a business to business platform, um, we took it back a step and went, right, let's, let's do the actual strategic thinking first and foremost before we work out what we need to do at a, at a tactical point of view. Can you remember some of the aha moments or the realisations that dropped out of that strategic planning process for you? I think um, the key thing for me was identifying my ideal customers. Yes. And, I, you know, and it was this sort of stuff that, you know, gave me, you know, the heebie-jeebies going, like, I don't know. But we worked <laughs> through it. So... You were asking all the right questions. It was making me think. It wasn't that it ended up not being as hard as I thought it was going to be. And what I've done since then is I now have three ideal clients, not just the one, because I was kind of giving all the attributes of everybody I have, you know, in my in my portfolio into one person's gone, no, I can have I can have multiple. So I've really honed that now. And when I redid the website, I had that available for my copywriter to say, right, okay, I'm taking your three clients and I've, I've given them all Irish names and we're able to talk about the different ones. And I have, that, 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 that was my real aha moment of going, actually, I can do this and I can identify what it is, A, what I'm offering and B, who I want to offer it to. 
Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned that you were able to take that to the the website developer and the the copywriter yeah. so that when you're actually putting together your your new website, they had an understanding of who they were talking to, who they were developing the messaging to, which is exactly why we we do this. Not only is it important for you to know who you're actually, um, you know, targeting with your messaging and who your ideal client is, but then the other stakeholders that you engage for your marketing kind of need to understand that as, as well. So if you've got that information all in kind of one little document, you can just share that that really yeah. easily. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. In terms of that, that target audience identification, and you've got three, which is awesome. I love it. And I love that you've given them, them names because that's, because when we actually put a name to our target audience um, segments, we start to think of them as people. And when we start to think of people as people, we start to make human-centric decisions, you know, yeah. decisions that, that affect real people as opposed to thinking of numbers or a group of people or, you know, a group of the community. We're starting to think of, and what's one of your target audience's names? Um, Bridget. Bridget, okay. So we start to think of, okay, and it's not just in your marketing, it's in your operations, you know, like if I'm developing or if I'm going to add this service, for example, or if I'm going to change the pricing of something, or if I'm going to, um, you know, decide to, to, to deliver, you know, this kind of, these features that, that, that belong with these services, what would Bridget think? You know, if I think about Bridget and I, if I think of her in her business and I think of all the struggles that she has and the aspirations that she has, how will this decision that I'm making affect Bridget? Um, and then you can really start understanding that from human, human to human level. Have there been any other benefits that, that you've really noticed by just that simple fact of identifying who those target audiences are i mean apart from being able to communicate that with with your copywriter and web developer it's it honed for me what my offering is because I've, I've i've been spending years fluffing around trying to describe what i do right and i've been really bad at it and i haven't I haven't had the right words i haven't had like the right visualizations of it but by having the but by doing that that basic work with you and like really really crucial work it just gave me more clarity around what i do Right. And that's and therefore, you know, I get to then say that more clearly to someone else and go, this yes. is what I do. And that, that's that's been a, ma- a massive, massive gain for me. And um, as noted in your introduction where you articulated it perfectly, that that was like the perfect introduction. I understood exactly <laughs> what you did and who it is you helped with that. So that's that's brilliant. That's that's a really good plus. So the plan, once the plan was done and we've gone, okay, what is it? And, and in the plan, we look at, well, what is it that you're trying to achieve over the next 12 months? And in the longer term, you know, who is it that we are trying to talk to? We do have a bit of a look at the competitive market and go, okay, well, if you're Bridget, you know, what other choices do you have when you're looking to solve your problem of getting across your, your numbers? Um, and we look at, you know, what makes you different and some of your key messaging, et cetera. But once that's kind of all in place, that's when we actually put your marketing ecosystem together. And that's where we go, okay, given that we're going to try and achieve this as a business and when we're targeting this type of person with our marketing, what are the marketing activities that that we need to do over the next 12 months to to get that done? 
So can you run us through some of the things, just even in the last eight months, what are some of the marketing activities that you've worked on to, to help you kind of achieve these objectives, your objectives? Well, I, think, I think one of the key things was that um, you, it was content, right? So it's about content creation and what, what channels I was going to put it on and what form was it going to take. And I think the, the, the most successful one I've been doing has been um, little videos, which I, I, I just do these little two-minute videos called two-minute takeaways. And I just talk quite briefly and at a high level about something. So, for example, my latest one I did on debt. So what kind of debt do you have in your balance sheet? Is it a credit card? Is it the ATO? What is it? So it was identifying that as a great thing to do and then putting, putting our heads together about sub subjects to actually talk about and then going and, and creating them. And it's not something I thought I would ever do, but now I just find it so much easier to do and I actually quite enjoy it. And they go off. Like seeing the, seeing the response to, to, to them is, is great. Someone's walked down the street the other day that I know and she's like, oh, I love the, the latest one. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So, but, that, but it, was, it was getting that direction from you to say, right, this is what we have to try and get across. And this is going to be a really good way to do it. Rather, you know, in addition to writing blogs and that kind of thing as well. But th that's been a real, um, real gold thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're sharing those videos out via LinkedIn, but you're also sharing them on Facebook as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So I ended up creating a business page for my, for my business because we realized that that was going to be, I was going to, you know, be able to access my target market through there. So I put that on there and then I also put it on my website. So you can also see on the blog page all the latest bits. So I have them all on those three, on those three channels. So Facebook website and, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So it's a business yeah. page on Facebook. And then a lot of your videos you actually share out via your Hillary O'Dwyer page on LinkedIn. That's right. Yeah, I do through my personal page rather than my business page because it just... Because your personal page gets more yeah. traction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then on your website as well. And you mentioned your website before because, as you said, when we looked at your website and that was a website that you'd built yourself, was it on Wix? Yeah, it was on Wix and my husband did it. God bless him. So, again, him. you know, we weren't spending any money, right? We're just going to yes. do this as cheap as possible. And I simply needed a presence because I'd spent years without one because I was just getting all my work through word of mouth. So when you had a look at it, you, you made some frank and open comments. And it was like, okay, <laughs> we better have a look at that. But it was good. You know, you're going, no, it's fine. But yeah we need to develop this. And it's, it was that, so that was one of my quarter two um, goals. So we, we yeah. that went live at the, at the, just before Christmas. So I spent last quarter then just working on that in terms of the copy and the, and the photography and everything else. So yeah. uh, it's a much better product now for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and as you said, you know, now it's all linked to Google Analytics so you can actually see because, yeah, when we were looking at the Google Analytics that was tied to your original site, it just wasn't getting any yeah. trap. And, and look, I don't know why, but, but, but it just wasn't for, for whatever yeah. reason it wasn't. Um, and, um, and I think I, from memory, I think my comments around it was because I remember it was, it was a good looking site. Like, and you had some, I think you had a beautiful image of yourself on there. Like it was, it was a professional and credible, but it was, I think from memory, it was just like one page. Um, and so we said, so we said we put, we need to give more context as to what it is you do yeah. and who it yeah. is you help. We did get some new photography done. Um, 
And I think we probably just put some additional navigation on that so that people, we could take people on a kind of logical flow journey through the, through the website. One thing which I commend you for as well, and look, I think we all start off by, you know, either building our own website or building our own website, I mean, our own kind of digital assets. We all start off um, in that kind of organic way of, of just doing what we, whatever we can to kind of get it up and, and running. Um, but I think the great thing that you did there too was it was in this next iteration of the website, you did invest in the web developer and you did invest yeah. in the yeah. copywriter. Yeah. So that was, yeah. you know, rather than sit there and trying to spend all that time writing that copy yourself, you just went, you know what, there's someone else that can do this, you know, in a far more efficient manner. Um, and, and with the web developer as well, you know, the fact that, that we weren't getting any traction on Google, when you employ a, a web developer, you know, they'll optimise the site so that your website is more easily found. They understand exactly. the navigational yeah. rules. They understand how Google works. They understand yeah. the flow, the templates. Like it's so easy for them to do it. And your website is one of those kind of foundation investments that, whatever marketing campaigns you do, so whatever you do on LinkedIn and Facebook and or anything else, even if you went out and ran some industry print ads, even if you go out and speak at events, you know, and, and do some speaking, inevitably a lot of the people that see your content, wherever that is, are going to come back to your website yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. So what you want your website to do is convince them to take the next step whether that's just even, you know, reading a few more of your blog articles to get to know a little bit more about you while they work out whether, you know, this is something that they want to do, whether if it's just pick up the phone to find out more about you or whether it's just to kind of send you an email and say, look, I need your help, you know, let's talk about, you know, rates and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. Your website is that key point where all of that can happen and if you provide the right information then you help your customer essentially purchase from you. Um, and if you, if you go out and, and spend a whole bunch on, on, on advertising or content marketing or whatever it is and you're driving people back to a website that doesn't convert, then you could largely stand to lose a lot of that traffic that you've just spent yeah, time exactly. and effort driving yeah. back to, to your website. So you made such a good decision by by getting that 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 help from a copywriter and a web developer to actually make what is now a fantastic website. So what are some of the challenges that you've faced along the way? So in the last kind of eight months in this marketing journey, what are some of the things that have thrown up a bit of a spanner in the works that you've gone, oh gosh, that's that's a bit difficult. I think, um, I mean, it's probably an old chestnut and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same, but it's about content creation. I think that yeah. for me is just the, now I'm much, I'm, I'm much more disciplined at it now. What I love about the Academy is I just want to be given a list of things to do. I respond well to to-do lists, right? Yeah. So, you know, you set me off. You say, right, here's what you're doing for the next quarter. This is what you've got. And I go, okay, right, well, that's what I've got to do. So I've come back now after the Christmas break, very much of the whole, no, I've got X number of marketing hours a week I'm going to do. And yeah. that's going into my timesheets. And it's going, right, now this is all completely valid work. And it's, right, okay, what's the content? Now, it doesn't work for me to sit down and spend two days filming all the videos. That just doesn't work because I like to be responsive to what stuff is going on at the time. Like I did one last year about, you know, a little COVID update about what's all the relief everybody could get, that kind of thing. So 
me doing a whole bunch for the year in advance isn't going to work. So yeah. it is about going, right, okay, well, I've done that now and then looking forward for the next one at the end of February, going, well, what's, the, what's that going to be? So it's just that constant kind of being open to what's going on around me and can I, can I do something with that? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have the team writing it for me. No, you know? and so that's many, right. So many of us don't. No, that's exactly right. I don't have the team writing my content for me. And, and that's, where, that's where I think um, we have to be realistic with what we sign up for. And yes, content marketing is really important, but be realistic with what you can actually sign yourself up for. And as you mentioned, there are some efficiencies. If, if you know, um, scheduling and batching your videos um, works for you and you can do that to, to kind of just plan out the next six weeks or six months of content, great. Um, I'm a bit like you. I actually like to create that content on the fly. I've just got to make sure that I have got enough time to make sure that I do create that content on yeah. the fly, you yeah. know, because sometimes that means that you'll hit a busy week and you'll go, oh crap, you know, I'm, yeah. I've actually due for a podcast yeah, or I'm due it. for yeah. a blog post. I better, I've got to, I've got to fit that into my week as, as well. But you learn your rhythm, you learn what works and then you just go with that. And I think too, it's important to forgive yourself too, that if there is one week that you miss along the way or um, a couple of weeks that you mean, you know, so be it. The world's not going to end, yeah. but don't just stop because you've missed that couple of weeks. You know, just get back on the horse in a couple of weeks' time. And, and the, the, you know, the likelihood is, is that you're, no one's probably noticed that it's been two weeks rather than, you know. No, one exactly. But I think, um, and this is something that you and I are discussing um, a couple of weeks ago, I think as I'm going to get busier this year, I don't want to lose that discipline either. I yes. want to stick with the plan of going, no, I'm continuing to keep my presence out there and do my thought leadership and that kind of thing. And just having that commitment to saying, no, I'm continuing with this. doesn't matter that, you know, there's loads more new clients coming in. It's like, we, we, we still, we still have to stick with it. Yes, that's right. Because hopefully the reason why there are more clients coming in is because you have done the work yeah. and you, you have done the content marketing piece. Um, and that's, that's something that if, once you understand that that's the correlation, you see that it is important to keep, to keep that, that kind of content marketing up. So what are some of the benefits that you've experienced in the last eight months? What are some of the things that you go, oh, yeah, that's worked? I've been meet, well, I've meeting loads of different people. Yeah. So whether it's people through the Academy with you or through, you know, listening to some of your podcasts and things like that, but just generally I'm meeting more people. And it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily client people that are going to become clients of mine, but it's just been growing my network and just yes. being open to that stuff that's out there and reading the different things. And also not feeling crap when you say, when you see someone doing an amazing job and going, shit, I'm not doing that. It's going, yeah. Oh no, that's great. That's what you mean. So it's just, one of my goals is I've got to, you know, have more connections on LinkedIn, which is what you set me. But I'm actually really enjoying that because it's just, um, and it's, you're just meeting some great people. So I've been yeah. doing a few walk and talks with people that we've, that I've met over LinkedIn. Not like awesome. a day, but just, you know, <laughs> she said quickly. And then it's bit going, you're making sure I'm not going off to meet a mass murderer. But um, <laughs> that's, been really, that's been really enjoyable. So the people that, ha you know, happen to be kind of close to where I am in Sydney, it's great. Well, let's catch up for a walk and a talk. And then we find out about each other's businesses and on we go. And that's, that's been great. Yeah, that is brilliant. And that opportunity, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of, 
if, if you go into LinkedIn with narrow, with, with kind of your blinkers on of this is where I'm, you know, I'm not going to connect with anyone unless there's a lead in it, you know, unless they're actually a potential client of me, mine or unless I know them directly, you miss the opportunity to expand your network. Like it's like, you know, the benefits of a networking event. That's exactly how yeah. you're using it, you know, yeah. as opposed to going to the actual physical network event and physically shaking someone's hand, getting their business card and, and kind of then organising your walk and talk. I love that, um, that you're doing that. It's just that you're doing the exact thing but online using LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and you're not just, what I love about that too, is that you're not just making passive connections and just kind of connecting with people willy-nilly because that was never, ever the, 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 objection, no. the objective to no. do that. But you're actually making meaningful business connections and building meaningful relationships and that's right, there's potentially partnership or referral um, opportunities down the track. The more people that know about you, the more people that can actually tell people, tell other people about, it, you know, yeah. what it is that you yeah. do, which is yeah. brilliant. And vice versa, you can actually do well, that exactly for other people right. as well. Exactly right. Because I love, I love, you know, making recommendations to my clients because you never know what they're going to need or whatever. And I've going, actually, I'm... So, you know, I, I referred an IT company to one of my clients because he needed to change his provider. And I'd met someone on LinkedIn and they seemed like a great, a great crowd. And we'd had a call and that kind of thing. So it is, it's just, it's that little ecosystem. Yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that's exactly the way to use LinkedIn. So that's awesome. Um, okay. So part of the, the, the academy, we show you how to take monthly measurements of your yes. activity. And these are mostly digital marketing measurements because they're, yes. they're the ones that we can access um, easily. So we, depending on, on what your marketing activity is, we might be looking at, at your Facebook activity, your LinkedIn activity, your Google Analytics activity, and we haven't started on your email campaigns yet. So that might be one for, for the future. But I think in a nutshell, it's LinkedIn, Facebook and, and Google, yeah. and maybe Google My Business as well, we're looking yes. at as well right. for you. Yeah. So what have you learned from, from keeping a note and, and, and taking these marketing measurements and noting them down? every month what's been the biggest learning from that well firstly it's numbers so i love it right yeah so like it's, it's i got you know we all we all have to remind each other it's time to take the um the, the measurements and take the snapshot at that point in time at the end of the month yeah. so it's really I, I was i was looking back going from july to january and january was a bit of a bust because of the, the month that was in it but just seeing the numbers grow, it's really, really interesting just going, right, okay, well, no hits on your website in July to whatever the result was at the end of December after the launch of the new website. Is it, and it gives you a real buzz and actually makes you realize, I think, well, it's working because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm growing the brand, I'm growing the presence. And it's actually, it's, it's a tangible result, which is what I like. That's how I yes. offer it. Yes. And, you know, that, that intangibility around brand and everything is so hard and so difficult to define. But you see, you see the numbers tracking upwards and you go, yeah. oh, okay, you yeah. know. So it's, okay, it's, going. A of, it's a little bit of a pat on the back. It's kind of like getting your homework marked, I'm not going to yeah. lie, but it's a little bit of a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think too, because the numbers, the numbers don't lie, as you would know, um, 
and and I think too it it kind of demonstrates a when you've actually been putting the effort in and b what happens when there is a month that for some reason you don't get online yeah. you know and you see oh yeah. Yeah, yeah the the reach is down the engagement is down the clicks through to my website are down you know everything goes down when I'm not there and I notice that I mean obviously I keep these monthly measurements for me as as well. Um, and so I noticed that a, 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 as well. And it's quite significant, the drops that I will see if I haven't been really active for a month on, on social media. And then that, I actually noticed that in terms of the leads that will drop as well. So, you know, I generally have a pretty consistent um, lot of leads that, that come into my inbox or, or give me a call each week. And I, and I notice if I haven't, you know, if there's been a couple of months where I've really died down or if there's just been a time like it's been Christmas or whatever, you'll see that, um, yeah. that dip down as, as, as well. Okay. So what advice would you give personally to another small business owner who might be thinking about investing in marketing? I'd say do it like a hundred percent. It's just, sometimes it's worse to like not be doing something because it's just driving you mad and it's giving you, you know, the nervous pains in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wake up at 3am <laughs> and you worry about not having enough super and not doing any marketing. So <laughs> it's, you know that, you know, that was like terrible, terrible nights. It's taking action is just better than doing, doing nothing. And what I've loved about the Academy is it's just, it's getting easy, doable tasks. Yes. And it's breaking down things into the different areas. And I've, I've, I've been learning so much more because I've been chatting to my own clients about their marketing and that kind of thing. And I kind of sound like a bit more of an expert than I yes. was in the past, which it. is fabulous. And I'm kind of yeah. looking at my own, yeah, you're doing that, but you're not doing enough. Like, go, yeah. go get yourself a consultant, get someone to yeah. help you. Do you yes. know what I mean? Give you a bit of guidance. Totally. And I noticed that when I started working with um, my accountant, five years ago or whatever it was, five or six years ago, when he actually broke down the numbers for me, the key numbers for me, and I actually started learning about the key numbers in my business, I could show up as a much better marketer, as you as you said, because the two and two, go, you yeah. know, they are linked. The two and two are definitely linked. You will use your marketing to grow your numbers and you need to understand your numbers to understand how much you you invest in in your marketing. So by by having those kind of um, those two, I guess, pillars, um, yeah. you know, operating with in parallel, but also in conjunction with one another, is really, really, really good knowledge. So so for you to be able to understand that that marketing side of things and look at someone's revenue or look at their profit or whatever and be able to go, well, you know, have you considered have you considered this? That's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, now, you have, um, thank you, been so generous to share that journey with us. And um, I mean, I've just loved watch, working with you on the Academy, but also watching some of the results that you're getting. I love your, your videos and your content, and they do get such a great response because they are just so fantastic. So congratulations for Thank all you. the work that you're doing. You, you're not finished yet. You've got, no. a few, <laughs> you've got a few months to go. So we're still going to get you working, but you have been doing such an amazing job. I'm just so impressed with everything that you've done so far. Now, if any of our listeners would like to follow you and see some of this great marketing that you're producing, <laughs> where can they find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn under Hilary O'Dwyer. Or you can jump onto my website, which is at titian.consulting, and you can have a look at some of the blogs and the vlogs on there as well. 
yes. and there's a little there's a little um, email that you can that you can reach me on from there as well. Yeah, brilliant. And I must say they are they are such you know if anyone is looking for um, some guidance around understanding the numbers and and as you said your content is so topical it's really easy it's really brief so you're not you know signing up to a sixty minute you know tutorial about debt as you you were talking about. <laughs> Um, but it's really designed to make you think. So I highly recommend that you go and visit Hillary in those um, in those links, and I'll actually include those links in the um, show notes as well, so you can just click straight through. Thank you so much, Hillary. It's been such a wonderful chat with you. I really appreciate you sharing your journey. Thanks so much for having me on, Jane. It's been great. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. Hey, if you're really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in. And if you know a small business owner who you think might also find this episode helpful or any of the other episodes helpful, please grab a screenshot of the episode and send it over to them. And of course, I always love to hear back from you in the form of ratings and review. It uh, helps other businesses find the podcast and it also makes me smile. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, everybody, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.